Welcome to Soccer, a perspective for parents, where we'll be discussing what the coaches and refs really wish you, the parent, knew about the beautiful game. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the knowledge gap between the parents, that's you, and the coaches and refs. I will attempt to explain the game and rules in a way you can understand. That way, when you're out there watching Timmy, you can just enjoy the game. Today we're doing Law 7 and 8, the duration and the start and restart of play. The show notes will be over on the webpage, soccerperspectiveforparents.com. If you want to follow along, go on over there, get the notes. Uh, there should be a link where you can also go download the laws of the game. That way you can also follow along with those as well. Laws of the game, law seven, duration of the match. Number one, periods of play. There's two 45-minute halves. It can only be shortened if both teams agree before the match and the competition rules allow it. Number two, halftime interval. There's one 15-minute break between halves and one short one-minute break for halftime of extra time for drinks. Competition must state how long the halftime is, and they're only allowed to alter it with the ref's permission. These are, once again, all this stuff is going to be for adult matches, international top league matches for FIFA. This doesn't apply to youth. Youth uses different times, so keep that in mind. I'll get the U.S. times in a later podcast for you. Three, allowance for time lost. This is the time that they put up on the board at the end of matches. Ref may allow for playing time lost by things such as subs, assessment, and or removal of injured players, wasting time, disciplinary sanctions, medical stoppages permitted by competition rules, so drink breaks that shouldn't be any longer than a minute, and cooling breaks that will last somewhere between 90 seconds to 3 minutes. These happen when it's really hot, and you'll see in a lot of uh, competitions. As a matter, if we had the World Cup now, you probably would have seen a lot of these. But since the World Cup is in December, you probably won't see as many during the World Cup. Delays relating to VAR checks and reviews—you shouldn't see those during youth. Any other cause, including significant delay to a restart, such as like a long goal celebration. But hopefully, they'll card the guy for the long goal celebration. Hopefully, you shouldn't see so many of those. At the final minute of the half, the fourth official, the guy down there standing at the center line, will indicate minimum amount of time decided by the referee. The refs can then increase the time if they need to, but they cannot reduce the times afterwards. If an error is made in timekeeping during the first half, the ref cannot compensate for it by changing the time in second half. So if the first half runs long, he can't shorten the second half. If the second half, or if the first half runs short, he can't lengthen the second half. This is just an education note. This is one of the reasons why you see refs wear two watches. They'll have one watch that they keep running, and then they have another watch that they'll stop and start for each replay so that when it comes time to make that determination on how long they're going to extend the half, they can look at their two watches and compare the time difference and then give an accurate number. The other reason is in case one fails, but this is a second reason for them wearing two watches. Four, penalty kicks. The half will be extended for penalty kicks. So they have to take, if a penalty kick happens right before and time runs out, you have to take the penalty kick. Time time has to be extended for penalty kicks. Five, abandoned match. Abandoned matches are replayed unless stated by the competition. That's it for Law 7. Let's take a look at Law 8, the start and restart of the play. So goal kick is used to start both halves of regular and extra time. And after a goal is scored. So this is Pete during editing. Jumping back in. I made a mistake there. It's not supposed to be goal kick right there. It's supposed to be 
a kickoff is used, not a goal kick. Free kicks, such as indirect and direct free kicks, penalty kicks, throw-ins, goal kicks, and corner kicks are considered other restarts. If a foul happens while the ball is not in play, so like a foul happens while you're waiting to take a PK or foul happens while you're waiting to take an indirect free kick, it does not change the restart. So you will take that penalty kick. You will take that indirect free kick. That foul doesn't change the kick. One, kickoff. Procedure. Winner of the coin toss decides which goal they want to attack or if they're going to take the kickoff. The loser then gets the kick or decides which goal they want to attack. The team that didn't get the kickoff first half gets it the second half. In the second half, the team switched sides of the field. After a goal is scored, the team that got scored on restarts play with a kickoff. For every kickoff, a player must be in their own half except the one taking the kickoff. Hey, Pete, during editing again, I realize that may be a little tricky wording there. It's simply... All players must be on their side of the field except the guy taking the kick. He can be on the other side of the field to take the kick. Opponents must be 10 yards or 9.15 meters from the ball until it is played during the kickoff. This circle around the center dot on the field helps designate this so the players and the refs and everybody has has an easy line so that they know the distance. They know they're that distance from the ball during kickoffs. The ball must be stationary on the center mark. Ref gives a signal to start, and the ball is in play when it is kicked and clearly moves. A goal can be scored from a kickoff. If the kicker scores his own goal, so he takes the kick, and like let's say he's trying to kick it back to the goalie, and he misses, and it goes in the goal accidentally, a corner kick is awarded to the other team. So you can't score an own goal on kickoffs but you can score against the other team on kickoffs offenses and sanctions if the kicker of the kickoff touches the ball before anyone else does so think a double touch an indirect free kick is awarded to the other team if the second touch is a handball then a direct free kick is awarded any other kickoff procedure so like if someone comes too close like gets inside the circle before the kick is taken the kickoff is retaken two drop ball Procedure. Ball is dropped in the box for the goalkeeper if play was stopped and the ball was in the penalty area or the last touch of the ball was in the penalty area. All other cases, the ball is dropped for a player of the team that last touched the ball where it was last touched by a player, an outside agent, or is outlined in Law 9.1, a match official. Anyone other than the person taking the kick must be at least 4 meters or 4.5 yards from the ball until it is in play. This includes his teammates. When the ball hits the ground, it is in play. Offenses and sanctions. Ball is dropped again if it touches a player before the ground, goes out of bounds after it hits the ground, but before touching a player. If the ball dropped enters the goal without touching two players, It is restarted with a goal kick if it enters the opponent's goal or a corner kick if it enters the team's goal. So if they drop the ball and the guy hits it, kicks it, and it goes into the opponent's goal, then it's a goal kick. If he drops it and like tries to play it back, or if it's dropped and he tries to play it back and it goes into his own goal, 
then it's a corner kick for the other team. So it has to touch two players before it can go in a goal in any goal. So this was a bit of a short one today. I just decided to go over just these two laws because I had a decision here to make of making either one long one or two short ones. And so I've decided to make two short ones. So the next one we'll be going over are laws nine and ten because law eleven's offsides and we've already done that one. So I decided to do law seven and eight and then nine and ten. And instead of doing seven, eight, nine, and ten, which I probably could have done, but it would have been really long. So I've decided to make this two short ones instead of one long one. If you need the show notes for this one, it's over at the webpage, soccerperspectiveforparents.com. Once again, there'll be links, the link there if you need to download the laws of the game so you can go ahead and look over them. I have an email up. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and shoot me an email. Soccerpodcastforparents at gmail.com. Next week will be Laws 9 and 10, which are the ball in and out of play and determining the outcome of a match. After that, we'll be skipping Law 11 because that's offsides, which was one of the first, which is the first law I did. So if you want to know about offsides, go to the first one. You'll see it there. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember that the kids are out there for fun and let's have a good day.